Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Olin Buchanan, TexAx.com, joins us on 365 Sports. Paul Catalina, Craig Smoke, and David Smoke. Olin, thanks for your time. Um, is the clock ticking on Jimbo? Well, I think it is. Um, you know, I don't think anybody absolutely knows for sure uh, how the people that are in it's going to be in charge of uh, of a buyout if, if they're really ready to uh, you know to, to, to make that big financial buyout. But um, my sense is the uh, Aggie population, uh, the majority of them, have uh, gotten to the point where where they're ready to move on, and I would imagine that. Um, those that are in charge are going to uh, at least take into consideration what the what the population might seem to want. You know, Owen, I think what's kind of strange to me about Jimbo Fisher is the two coaches that uh, great coaches, legendary coaches, whose tree he's from, Nick Saban and Bobby Bowden, got to their levels of success by being infinitely adaptable to what is going on around them in the college football world. And he is just not that. And that's what's surprising to me of like, he picked up clearly like recruiting and the, like how to build a, you know, a top down structure of a program. He picked up a lot of good functional things from them. But when it comes to adapting how you call plays and how you adjust to situations in the game of college football, that is a major weakness for him. Um, I think that's fair. Um, you know, they brought in Bobby Petrino to call the plays. Uh, I don't know how much, at first, you know, it was very optimistic. Think, well, Bobby's uh, influence in his style of offense, you know, will be, will be good for A&M. And I, I have no doubt that Bobby's calling the plays. What I doubt is, or what I question, because I'm not in the, in the team meetings and things like that. So it could be wrong. But what it appears to me is that Bobby's calling the plays 
to Jim Bowles offense that, that's pretty much the same, which is like, you know, our analogy is you hire Bobby Flay to come in and cook the meal, but you tell him what the, here's the recipe and here's the ingredients and do not stray from either. And so, well, then what's the point? You're doing the same thing. It's just, you know, somebody else calling the play. So um, it's been quite frustrating. It kind of reminds me of the end of the Les Miles regime at LSU when uh, everybody over in Baton Rouge was so up in arms about the the offense being predictable and kind of old and stale. And, you know, and I think those are the same kind of uh, uh, same kind of criticisms that Jimbo's offense is. It's predictable and old and stale. And, uh, yeah, it worked. It worked at one time. Um, but, you know, that was 10 years ago, and things change. Olin, uh, what have you thought about the play of uh, Max Johnson? And, uh, obviously, uh, you know, how's the health looking on, on the, the team front, uh, his front as well? Um, you know, how, how has that gone, in your opinion, the, the ride with Max Johnson so far? Um, he's been okay. Uh, uh, you know, he's been good and bad. I mean, he had a, I think the last game against Ole Miss was a perfect example of, uh, of Max Johnson. You know, hey. You know, he, he had his best game passing-wise in terms of yardage as an athlete. You know, he, I think he completed, completed like 31 of 42, if I remember right. He had 305 yards and a couple of touchdowns. But he threw a costly interception when they had first and goal at the five. And part of that is he and – well, all of that is because he and Anaya Smith weren't on the same page. Anaya ran a slant. And he was looked like he was throwing a, a fade or something to the back of the end zone. And we're talking about – two guys that have the most experience. So maybe that's on the coaches again. And, you know, there's a big criticism that Jimbo's uh, uh, offense is, is too complicated for guys that are going to, you know, allegedly practice 20 hours a week. So, uh, but I think, I think Max has been all right. Uh, I think there's a whole lot of other things you can point at for A&M uh, disappointment uh, before you go to Max Johnson. Uh, and in fact, uh I'll say this, they, they, they sure hope he's ready uh, to play Saturday, even though, you know, Jimbo wouldn't. He said, well, it's, it's going to be, he kind of indicated it's day to day. We've heard different things, but, you know, you never know. But if they can't go, if Max can't go, then you're probably looking at a, a transfer from Fresno State, Jalen Henderson, who the last time he threw a pass was uh, in November of 2021. So, Olin, if that's not the issue, and I appreciate your intake and, and also on that, but who, what is the issue? Well, again, I think the offense is pretty predictable. Um, I think it's uh, it's too complicated. You know, it, it, it's, it, it's almost a joke now that, uh, you know, we'll ask Jimbo what went wrong this week. It's like, well, the execution. Well, you know, it got to the point where every every almost every week, two years, you hear, well, execution. And now – it's saying, well, you know, it's just finding the inches and finding the inches. And, you know, any Aggie that you would ask that's been paying attention, they'll tell you that, you know, they get so tired of hearing, well, it's just, it's just the inches. Well, why can't you find them? So um, I, it, it seems to me that those who, who say that, uh, again, I'm not in, involved in it, but those who say that the offense might be too complicated, that, that uh, uh, college offenses typically aren't that complicated, you know, maybe that has something to do with it if, you know, so many games you come up and you say, well, you know, it, it's just the inches. Uh, we didn't execute, you know, it was one mistake, but it's been that for really better part of three years now. And uh, at some point uh, you, you start thinking, well, maybe they're not going to find the inches because 
they keep coming. I'm sure now they're competitive. You know, they could have won. They were in position to win, really, every game they've lost. And, uh, you know, last year, the, the reason you had some hope for this year was uh, I, I don't know what's going on with that. Hello? Yeah, yeah you're there. Right. No, you're there. I'm sorry. We lost you for a second. Go ahead. Okay, but anyway, um, yeah, so uh, I, the, the, the what's, what's the problem is like the, I guess it's the 70 whatever million dollar question is, you know, the, the, the question keeps coming out there and everybody has theories, uh, whether it's the offense is too complicated or it's just uh, old or, or, or whatever. But the bottom line is A&M has now in the last two years has lost, I think it's now nine games by a touchdown or less. I mean, it's crazy. Olin, uh, it also seems that they're having, I mean, yes, the whole, keeping the quarterback healthy has been a big issue, but also keeping mm-hmm. the offensive line healthy is a direct correlation to that. They have not had healthy and consistent offensive lines over the last couple of years either, have they? Yeah, that's been an issue. Um, but you know what? They came into the year and they're raving, you know, Ruben Fathery, who has been the starting uh, right tackle last year, and he's had some issues, hadn't played at all, but they came in raving about uh, Chase Basantes, the freshman. And, and, you know, he's been up and down like a freshman will be. Will, will be. In fact, uh, they talked about how uh, Saturday uh, probably played his best game. All right? Um, you know, I don't know besides that, you know, what's been the, the huge injury this year. Uh, their left tackle uh, – uh, Gosh, I'm having one of those senior moments. Trey Zoon, uh, you know, he played hurt all of last year. And, uh, you know, Bryce Foster missed uh, most of the year, I think all but three games with uh, ACL. But, you know, Bryce has been out there all the time. Uh, Trey's been out there all the time. Uh, they've shuttled the left guard in and out, but I don't think it's been because of injury. So uh, I don't know that that's the – I don't know that that's the, the excuse – this year, last year certainly was a factor. This year, um, I don't think it's been as big a, uh, an issue at all. Olin, how have you uh, seen Tory and York kind of grow as the season's gone along there over on defense? A great story rolling in from Temple. We followed him, covered him here uh, just down the road in high school. Obviously became a leader pretty quickly there. How's he developed as the season's uh, progressed? Uh, you know what? I'll say he hasn't developed that much, uh, and that's not a knock on it. That's because he came in so good. Uh <laughs> No, no, it's not a joke. Yeah. He can't, you know, he's been starting from day one. I mean, you know, what, what a great thing. You, you, you brought in a guy who actually knows how to play linebacker. <laughs> and, you know, he's not, he's not necessarily this physical marvel that he might be, uh, you know, as his career progresses and he gets into the weight room and all those things. But he knows how to fill a hole. He knows that he has linebacker instincts. And, you know, again, A&M was like 100 and 20-something in the country last year against the run. Uh, and this year, the run defense is one of the best, uh, one of the strongest parts of the team. And and Torian's a big part of that. Now, he's not the only part. There's a lot of guys like Adrian Cooper, who I think should be an All-American linebacker. And he's made a, a, an enormous leap. And, and, you know, they got the guys up front that uh, got a year of experience. I'll just say this. If Torian York can progress in year two next season, like like a guy like Walter Nolan did on the defensive line, then Torian York may, may leave here as an All-American. I mean, he's playing that well. 
He's in the biggest. He's been the most pleasant surprise of the Texas A&M football team. Good to know, uh, and, and he was fantastic, um, no question at, at Temple. Have you noticed the numbers Haynes King's putting up at Georgia Tech? Yeah, yeah, I've noticed. Um, uh, not not completely surprised by it. Look, you know, first of all, it's it, it's uh, it, it's not the same caliber of defenses, and it's a more. Uh, I've noticed that they that they're letting him run which is yep. another thing I was always scratching my head about here. I'm like, you know, they talk about how fast he is. And uh, well, what's the point of being a fast if you're not going to let your quarterback run? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that, that's a, another criticism of Jimbo Fisher's offense. Is, uh, you know, hey, bring in a dual third quarterback and keep him in the pocket all the time. And, oh, my gosh, he got hurt. What happened? So, uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad for Haynes because Haynes is a really uh, good guy. And uh, very respectful, nice guy. I mean, all the things you would, you'd say, uh, you know, about him is, is all true. And I'm glad he's having some success there. Olin, uh, techsags.com with us on 365 Sports. Olin, do you feel like there's even more pressure because of the changes occurring next year with who's joining the SEC in, in Oklahoma and Texas? Does that ramp up the pressure anymore? Or is that just, you know, me as a media guy trying to make that, you know, part of the equation as well? Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't help. Um, In fact, uh, I have a way of thinking that it says that that, and you might have to follow me. I don't know if you have enough time for this, but that might be what saves Jimbo. Right. But in the way I look at it is I'll try to give a shortened version. Uh, A lot of these guys uh, who are part of that, uh, that 2022 recruiting class, well, you know, they came here because Jimbo recruited them. And so maybe they're more likely to stay as long as Jimbo's coach, if he, if he, uh, is, uh, uh, if, if he's fired, you know, maybe they start looking to transfer. Well, if you have a Connor Wigman and, uh, uh, Walter Nolan and Evan Stewart and go down that list and they, uh, at least on paper, you still look like you have a championship caliber offense now or, or a roster, uh, because those are big time players. Now, um, now, you may not get it done on the field with those guys because they haven't been, but at least you have the talent. You have the roster with talent. Uh, do you want to go into next season with an inferior roster, perhaps, uh, in a year where you're going to play home games against Notre Dame, LSU, and Texas? And uh, I think you do whatever it takes to keep the nucleus of that uh, of that class together because as long as they're together – if you can finally find those inches, uh, you could be pretty good. Those inches that haven't been found, but if maybe it comes together, then you, at least you have a chance. If you have an inferior uh, roster with uh, you know that upcoming schedule, you know it, it, it might you know it might be disastrous. That probably hurts any chance of Jimbo's replacement being a diamond in the rough, as opposed to another splash hire, because you'd want those guys to go oh. Well, this guy's better than Jimbo. I I know that. I know that. As opposed to, you know, they can't hire a Kalen DeBoer type who was at Fresno State and is now ready to to make the jump. Yeah, who knows? Uh, I hear people talk about go after Dan Lanning Mm -hmm. at Oregon, and I'm thinking, is Phil Knight going to let somebody? uh, I mean, I don't think, you know, I don't think Phil Knight's going to get outbid. He left the last two walk, though. 
Yeah, but uh, th- this one's uh, better. This one's yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, a re- there's a reason why he's there. Yeah, exactly. I think he put Will- I think he put Willie Taggart on the jet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you take the Nike jet. We like yeah. we like them down there. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I, that may be a tough one to go. It, it'll be interesting. I don't know if Jimbo's going to get fired or not, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens in the next few weeks. Olin, good stuff, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. You have right. another one? Olin Buchanan, TexAgs.com with us on A&M. The, uh, another frustrating season that just seems like it's, uh, you know, the same thing as it's been the last couple of years. This has been a Rogue Media Network. Oh, shit.